The instrument that is now known as a theremin could as easily have been called a Leon, a Liova, a Sergeyevich. It could have been called a Clara, after its greatest player. Pash liked Terminvox. He liked its connotations of science and authority. But this name always made me laugh. Terminvox, the voice of Termin. As if this device replicated my own voice as if the theremin's trembling soprano were the song of this scientist from Leningrad. I laughed at this notion, and yet, in a way, I think I also believed it. Not that the theremin emulated my voice, but that with it I gave voice to something, to the invisible, to the ether. I, Lev Sergeyevich Termin, mouthpiece of the universe. That mouthpiece is now atop the sea, aboard a ship in a rectangular cabin the size of an ensuite bathroom at New York's Plaza Hotel, the hotel that was once my home. This vessel is called the Starry Bolshevik. The walls are made of steel and painted eggshell blue. There is a cot in the corner, a frayed gray rug on the floor, and I sit in a folding chair before a desk that is also made of steel, also painted eggshell blue. The bare light bulb glows. When the weather is rough as it is now, I am as sick as a dog. I clutch my sides and listen to the drawer beside my head, sliding open and slamming shut and sliding open. The room rocks. I go to the toilet in a tiny closet, and then I come back and stare at what I have written. Rows of symbols. Q-W-E, A-S-D, Z-X-C, D, 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 L, T, C, R, L, T, C, R, etc. I wonder who will see these pages. Will I send them away, like a letter? Will I keep them in a safe? Will they drown one night in seawater? On the other side of the hall, there is another room like this one, lit by its own incandescent bulb. It is filled with my equipment. Some of this equipment is delicate and easily damaged. When the waves heave, it would be reassuring to go across and unfasten the case's clasps, check that all the wires are coiled, batteries capped, the tubes intact. Check that my theremins still sing. For the last seventeen years, a day has rarely passed that I did not hear their sound. From Arhangelsk to New Haven, in palaces and shacks I traveled and taught, performed for longshoremen and lords, and almost every night I was able to reach across the room and find the electrical field of one of my humble theremins coaxing current into sound. But the door to my cabin is locked. I do not have the key. Just a typewriter, just paper and ink, just this story to set down now, in solitude, as the distance widens between us. When I was fourteen years old, one of my teachers at the gymnasium introduced the class to Geislers, glass cylinders, vacuum tubes. They came in wooden crates, wrapped individually like wine glasses. I say like wine glasses, but really to me they were like intricate conch shells, the kind of treasures that wash up on a beach. Professor Vasiliev must have recognized my fascination, because one holiday he let me take a vacuum tube home. I kept it wrapped in butcher paper, strolling with it in my jacket pocket, one hand resting over it, and in my mind's eye it was an emerald.
At home, I experimented with wires and Fonstock clips, spark coils, and the new lamp beside grandmother's bed. While my parents thought I was practicing piano and violin, I was crouched over a wooden board, assembling circuits with brass screws. I knew to be careful. I had been tinkering with machines for years, phonographs and an old wireless set, father's camera. At the end of the break, I wrote Professor Vasiliev a long letter proposing a demonstration at the upcoming family day. I delivered the letter, together with the vacuum tube, intact, undamaged, into his hands. He took more than a week to answer. I remember it was a Friday. He called me aside after class, drummed his fingers on the desktop, stared at me from under patchy eyebrows.